Well, last spring, a group of Twin Cities area pastors and ministry leaders um, went on a, on a journey together, and I was um, blessed enough to be among them. It was an intentionally multi-ethnic group. Um, it was an experiential and very much a spiritual journey. Um, this was Sankofa, and it was, it was um, provided by Transform Minnesota, and when we were there, we got to we got we were we were visiting places um, places very important to the civil rights movement. While we were there, we got to hear the history and the story of of slavery, of racial segregation, um, and really the, part of the purpose of that of that trip was to see the history of racism and the racial divides that have been a part of our story as a nation, and to, and to greatly more deeply understand the impact that they've had on our society today. My roommate during that trip uh, was Stacy Jones. Um, Stacy Jones is with us here today to, to share with you. Uh, pastor Jones is the founder and pastor of Uprock Community Church in Northeast Minneapolis. He's very passionate about church. He's very passionate about hip-hop culture. Um, Stacy has assisted in several church plants within the Twin Cities currently resides in, in Minneapolis with his wife, Trinice, and his son, Priest. He is currently pursuing his MDiv degree at Sioux Falls Seminary, and his passions and hobbies and interests include reading, writing, hip-hop music, listening and performing, and grilling and sports, and spending time with family and friends. So this morning, would you um, give a nice, big uh, Northwestern welcome to Pastor Stacy Jones. What's up, everybody? What's up, everybody? That was so weak. That was so weak. Must be Vikings fans. No diss. That was a shot. That was a cheap shot, right? How many Vikings fans? Father, I pray right now that you will bring the... I'm playing. Okay. It's good to see everybody, and I'm, I'm glad and grateful for this opportunity. Um, I don't have uh, slides because I believe that y'all guys have midterms this, uh, is it next week or this week? You're preparing for that. I just want to speak to the soul, of, to your soul. I want to speak to your heart. Um, something very basic, but let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for just a worship that talks about coming to you. And Lord, there's a challenge in today's society about remaining in you, abiding in you, standing on your truth. Lord, even within our Christian community, there are so many of us, God, that are being deterred away from standing on your word because your word brings transformation to our lives. And I ask right now that every student, faculty and staff who's here today will be encouraged and will be uplifted and know that you're there to meet them at their point of need. Help us today. Many of us are discouraged, depressed. We're trying to make sense out of the madness of life, but you're fully aware. Bless this time now in Jesus' most holy, wonderful name. And everybody says amen. amen. I want to leave a thought with y'all this morning called To Be Continued. To Be Continued. And I want to say To Be Continued hits different for me and my generation. Um, when I think about the term to be continued, I think about, um, probably going to lose cool points, but I think about the movie Star Wars, right? 
And uh, the, first, the first trilogy, that's the real trilogy in my opinion, okay? Um, yeah, that started in 1977. Some of y'all didn't even step foot out the birth canal then, right? But during that time, um, it was kind of crazy when I saw the, uh, the movie Star Wars, I was fascinated by it, okay? To be honest with you, I wanted to be the first African-American Jedi from the hood. I thought that that was an occupation, but I can recall looking up in the encyclopedia and realized that was a fictional occupation, so I was pretty depressed, all right? I'm being honest with you, I really wanted to be a Jedi Knight. I wanted to leave planet Earth, right, and defend the universe, but I realized that wasn't true. You know, there wasn't uh, uh, X-wings, there wasn't lightsabers and all that kind of stuff, and I was pretty frustrated. But that has nothing to do with what I want to share with you this morning. The point that I want to share with you, though, was in 1977, Star Wars came out of New Hope, and then in 1980, the Empire Strike Back came, came out. And the ending was very frustrating for me because it was kind of crazy what was going on. Um, the Skywalker household was very dysfunctional, all right? Uh, let's just be real. The Skywalker household was very functional. Okay, how many of y'all saw Star Wars before? Raise your hand. Okay, all right? Anakin had issues, okay? Just plain and simple, all right? Anakin was trying to kill his son Luke. He chopped off his hand, told him to come join the dark side, right? And then on top of that, right, his sister had issues, okay? Anakin was in love with his sister. He had the hots for her, right? She kissed him a couple of times, and she was kissing Han Solo too. So she was, you know, her lips was going a few different places, right? So it was just all mixed up. And the movie ended, right? It was kind of crazy. The movie ended with uh, Luke with his arm around his sister, who he liked, and uh, they went to go search for Han Solo. It was, just, it was just really mixed up, right? But there was a suspense there. And I knew it was like to be continued. But I was frustrated because in my generation, I'm dating myself, we didn't have the resources y'all had, okay? We didn't have YouTube, so we didn't have spoiler alerts, okay? We had to wait, at least my generation or probably my neighborhood, right? I had to wait for a long time because I didn't have the comic book, so I didn't know what was happening within the comic book series. So I had to wait for about three years until uh, Return of the Jedi came out. But during that waiting time, there was kind of like some anxiety because I wanted to know what was going to happen with Luke. You know, what was going to happen with Leia, right? What was going to happen with Han Solo? You know, what was going to happen in that story? Would there be a happy ending? And I said to myself, since there was a to be continued, there has to be a happy ending. This cannot be the end of the story. To be continued. Even though there was suspense, even though there was a little bit of fun anxiety involved, as I was trying to stay connected with the story, we realized that there had to be something else that was gonna happen in the lives of these fictional characters to be continued. Jesus talked about something that dealt with abiding and continuing on in something. And he gave a simple message. It was pretty important because people had a misunderstanding on who Jesus was and is. They did not know at that time that he was the son of God, and they did not know he was God as well. He is God. The scripture says in John uh, chapter 1, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Jesus was not only the son of God, but Jesus also was, was and is and will forever be God. However, there was an issue in the culture he was living in. And this is what Jesus said in John chapter 8. Verses 31 through 32. 
It says, so Jesus was saying to those Jews who had believed in him, if you continue in my word, then you are truly uh, disciples of mine, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. The truth will make you free. I want to share something with you. Why I think it's really important that we understand the importance of continuing on in Jesus, because popular opinion, even within our Christian bubble, we have sometimes a, limit, a limited view on who Jesus is. For instance, the chapter before, the scripture talked about how people were in constant conversation about who, who Jesus was, but some of them were afraid to actually uh, announce it and talk about it openly because they fell prey to the ongoing pressure around them. Some people thought that Jesus was a good teacher. It's, it's honorable. Some people thought that Jesus was a prophet. It's honorable, but that was a limited view on who Jesus was. Some people even thought that Jesus was a deceiver. Some people thought that Jesus had a demon inside of him. All these different uh, uh, conversations about Jesus was, was, was starting to really take its toll on the society, society that people were living in, but the main issue Jesus was trying to get the people who placed their faith in him to understand, if you believe in me, that's, that's the first step, but I want you to understand the importance of continuing on in me. Cultivating your relationship with me and with his people, you will know the truth. You'll be fully acquainted and connected with the truth, and you will experience freedom in your life. But the issue nowadays is many of us, and I'll even say as a believer, I've been a pastor for quite some time now. I've been walking with Jesus for a long time, but one of the main issues that we have is, is, is actually taking time to continue on in Jesus because we're so consumed with everything else. We're consumed with the political world. We're consumed with social media. We're consumed with entertainment. And all these different arenas are constantly trying to tell us who Jesus is and who Jesus should be in our own personal lives. But I come to the realization that no one can define Jesus accurately. The only full representation we have about Jesus is in the scripture, the 66 books of the Bible from Genesis all the way to Revelations. But the issue is we're allowing certain things in our personal lives to keep us from continuing on in Jesus. Sometimes when I talk to young adults, they get frustrated when I ask them, how's your devotional life? How's your life, how's your life going? How are things going on with people around you? How's things going in your community? Do you have people in your community that, that's asking you the hard questions? Because this is one of the issues. If everybody in your community looks like you, think like you, don't ask you the hard questions, you may be in some kind of dysfunctional season in your life because iron sharpens iron and you need people in your life that will ask you questions to make you better. But the only way you can do that, you first have to believe in Jesus Christ and you have to continue in his word. So like I said, People thought that Jesus was a good man, a prophet, a deceiver, right? Some thought he had a demon. People did not know and understand he was the son of God, and he was God. Like I said, many people fell prey to fear in popular opinion. And that's the situation with a lot of us today. Some of us are afraid to tell people what we believe and why we believe it. And one thing I learned about the world 
especially as you start to pursue your career. One thing I've learned, and, and the world can never take this away from us, no matter where you stand, you're always going to offend somebody. So if you take an all approach path to trying to please everybody, you're gonna offend somebody. So the best thing to do is to stand on the truth of God's word anyway. Because the world is here to bring pressure. But this is the issue. As I talk about how there's a great challenge of continuing in God's word, continue to cultivate your life with Jesus Christ, we have to realize that there's an adversary that we face. Y'all, Satan is real. Okay? It's not this, this, this mystical uh, 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 negative energy that's, that's coming to, to bother you and discourage you. To be real with y'all, we have an adversary, the devil, Satan. His goal is to keep us disconnected from continuing in God's word. See, Satan realizes that he can't take you out of God's hand once you commit your life to him. But the goal is, as you continue to cultivate your relationship with Jesus Christ, he's going to continue to stop, try to stop you and set up roadblocks. That's why when Paul said in Romans chapter 12, he said, uh, be transformed by the renewing, right? The suffix I-N-G, it's a continual thing, by the renewing of your mind, continuing to find out what's Jesus' uh, perspective and view on every area of your life. Can you invite him in on that? But this is the thing. Satan roadblock is like this. He sets up what I call diversionary tactics. And there's three of them that I want to talk with you about today before you head to your next class. The first one is disappointments, right? Satan wants to use disappointments in your personal life to keep you from pursuing your relationship with Jesus Christ. And I'm going to tell you, I was born and raised on the East Coast. I came to Minnesota to play football at a small Christian college, African-American, grew up in the New York metro area. I did not know racism was, was, was so embedded within the fabric of our society, even within the Christian school I was at. There was times I actually uh, uh, caught uh, a faculty and staff talking negatively about people of, 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 of color. I've heard people, you drop the N-bomb so many times. I've heard professors literally uh, uh, tell their daughters, hey, I don't want you to be friends with him because if y'all decide to get married, there's going to be an issue with, our, with your children, and I don't want that. I faced so many different obstacles because of the color of my skin, and one of the craziest things that I had to deal with was the fact that the level of hate that I received within that small Christian institution was from my brothers and sisters that claimed to know Christ. But what the enemy wanted to do, the enemy wanted me to stay away and disconnected from God because of my disappointment. But the more I continue to wrestle with God in this and start to ask God, why do I have to go through these different things, the Lord started to make it clear. I started to understand that God was calling me to the ministry of reconciliation. And I was able to build long-lasting uh, relationships with people outside of my culture, outside of my ethnic backdrop. But the enemy wanted to use the disappointment to keep me separated from God. Now, some of y'all may not be dealing with that kind of disappointment. But some of y'all know what it's like to pray and ask God to work out something in your personal life and it did not work out. Some of y'all probably been in situations before where you asked God to heal someone in your family and they died. Some of y'all probably grew up in an abusive home. Some of y'all probably grew up in poverty and I realized that that doesn't have a color. 
that doesn't have an ethnic backdrop. There's no respect of persons when it comes to poverty, when it comes to uh, uh, hatred, when it comes to alcoholism, when it comes to drug use. It hits everybody's home to some degree. And for some, that's a disappointment because you're praying for a better life, and it seems as though the more you step in, the more you try to pray and ask God to help you, you're disappointed because you don't seem to get a breakthrough in that area. And Satan uses that to keep you disconnected from not continuing in the things of God, continuing in the things of Jesus. Another thing that Satan uses is popular opinion, like I said earlier. So many people were debating on who Jesus was. The religious elite could not grasp the fullness of who Jesus was. And to be real with you, nowadays, we spend so much time on being entertained versus pressing in and finding out the heart of God. I'll be honest with you, and it's not to make anybody feel bad, but there's certain days when you're tired. Some of y'all probably studied all day. The last thing you want to do is, is to dig deep into the scripture or pray or go to a prayer service or go to chapel. Sometimes the best thing you want to do is just sit there and just scroll on your phone or be on Facebook or whatever kind of medium to help you relax. And at the same time, I'm not saying those things are inherently evil, but there is an aspect where God is saying, listen, draw closer to me. I want to give you insight about my word. I want to develop your walk. I want to continue to give you strength to overcome the issues that you're dealing with. But it's hard because you're allowing popular opinion around you to shape your mind. Jesus is calling you to a deeper place in him. But the question is, are you willing to step into that? Because when you don't, popular opinion begins to fester in your subconscious psyche. And before you know it, you find yourself doubting. That's why Jesus was saying it's not just good just to believe, but continue in my word, abide, live, live in my teaching, live in my truth, and allow it to transform your lives. And the third thing that Satan uses as a diversionary tactic is hypocrisy and double standards from people who are, in author who are authority figures in your lives. Going back to my testimony, I've heard this so many times when I was in school. And I've heard, I saw young people, uh, well, not young, they're my age now, they're old as dirt. But I've seen people, they're not old as dirt. No, I'm not old, I'm not that old. But I've seen people that I went to school with that grew up in a very strict environment. And they would tell me, they would say, Stacy, to be honest with you, you know, my church, my parents, my community, and my background told me when I went to school, stay away from African-American people. Stay away from Asian-American people, okay? Stay away from Puerto Ricans. Stay away because they're negative. And there were ideology that was built inside of them. There were so many things that were contrary to scripture that was built inside of them, but at the same time, they saw their mother and their father going to church, having a leading Bible study, you know, uh, on, a part, on the praise and worship team. They, say, they saw all those different things. As a result, when they got into school, many of them told me, they said, you know what, the more I begin to build a relationship with you and other students of color, I'm starting to realize that what my mom and dad taught me was dysfunctional, was actually sinful, and they start to struggle with their faith. And before you know it, they're pressing in more, more, they're, they're, they're making the social issue more uh, uh, of, of an, uh, uh, it became more like idolatry versus finding out God's kingdom approach to the social issue. 
And basically, in the midst of that, I was seeing people as they moved into the city, as they moved into North Minneapolis, they were getting involved, but they were straying away from, from the faith. They were straying away from Scripture. And I was asking myself, why? Why are y'all guys doing this? Because they had a hard time reconciling what their parents taught them, and they claimed to be representatives of Jesus Christ, and they, they're seeing something completely different. And they realized that the world was telling them something different about race. And I'm here to tell you if there's any, any group of people that should be, lead, should be leading the charge when it comes to reconciliation, when it comes to racial unity, should be the body of Christ, people that are born again and blood washed. But instead, we allow the world to lead us, and then people who are struggling with what they've been taught, and as they're in a crisis with their faith, they stray. I'm here to let you know that Jesus is concerned about that too. I'm here to let you know that Jesus is fully aware. Some of y'all probably been in situations where, and I've, I've met young people like this too, that, that have parents involved in ministry, but they were, they were physically, they were sexually, they were mentally, they were spiritually abused. And they see the hypocrisy, and they want to go the opposite way. But I'm here to tell you that continue to press in, continue to grab a hold of Jesus Christ, continue to wrestle. It's a wrestle. Like I said before, as I was watching those movies, there was suspense. There was anxiety. But this is real. Many of y'all are dealing with the, uh, the uh, suspense and the anxiety. But God is saying, I'm here. I know what you've been going through. I bore that on a cross. I love you to the point that I want to see transformation in your life, but you have to continue in me. Stay in, in Scripture. Stay connected with other people that believe the same way you believe when it comes to the Bible. But you have to stay connected and you have to continue in the Word of God. Because everything else will fade. Heaven and earth will pass, but Jesus Christ's words will remain forever. It doesn't matter what political affiliation you have. If you're not continuing in the things of God, you will be led astray. That's just reality. So the question is, how do I continue in God's Word? How do I abide in God's Word? The first thing I say, you have to believe. 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 Just believe. Believe in Jesus Christ. You've heard this before. Some of you are probably just at this school because your parents paid for it. Some of you are probably at this school and you're like, look, the moment I'm done with Northwestern, I'm good. I'm going to live my own life. I don't need to have nothing to do with this God thing because it was forced on me. I'm not ashamed to tell y'all. Some of y'all need to start to have a, a, a foundational relationship with Jesus Christ. You have to believe. It can't just be your mother and your father and your friend's faith. It has to become your own. Believe. The next thing, develop your, 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 your devotion life. Cultivate your, your relationship with Jesus Christ. And then I will tell you this, build relationships with people who are earnestly seeking God. It's, it takes community. It actually takes community. And I'm going to tell you, I was able to overcome issues of hate towards my white brothers and sisters. It wasn't only through my African-American brothers and sisters, but it was also through my white brothers and sisters as well. I had, okay, I had white men and women helping me work, work through this. I had my Asian American brothers and sisters helping me work through this. But I had to build those enriching relationships outside of my cultural lens, and that's what helped me overcome the issues I was dealing with. 
And the thing I would say, the final thing I would tell you is to get connected and stay connected. I just saw something up here. I think it was what? Was it Vanguard? What, what university was that there? It was Vanguard, right? Um, university, right? That's a place to start. Start to have those conversations. Start to listen. You know, sometimes Christians are known for just talking all the time, but well, we're poor listeners. Sometimes we don't want to hear other people's story, their, uh, their, their narrative, how they got the way they got. My, my story is real. I know God is real. I know God can heal. I know God can reconcile. But I want to share that with my brothers and sisters. But when you deny my experience, we cannot be reconciled. When you deny a student's of color experience while they're up on this campus, don't expect reconciliation. Because it's real. Half of these students are not trying to say, I'm right, you're wrong. They're just saying, look, these are my experiences. I want you to hear my heart. If you want to be in a relationship with me, hear me. Understand me. Step outside your comfort zone and see what God can do. But you have to continue in the words of Jesus. You have to continue in his teaching. And just know as you continue in his teaching, it doesn't matter what you're dealing with right now. Because it's not just a racial issue that some of us are dealing with. Some of us are in a crisis with our faith. But just know this, like the empire strikes back, right? To be continued, just know that's not the end of the story. And that's not the end of the story when it comes to your life. Because Jesus wants you to know the truth, and he wants you to be set free by knowing the truth. So Father, in the name of Jesus, here we are. Father, as I look at the stories that was happening up until the point where Jesus gave that lesson, we saw that there was a lady that was caught in adultery. Lord, you brought freedom to her because everybody around her was trying to condemn her. You told her, I don't condemn you, but you said, find freedom by going and sinning no more. Father, but the only way we can live that life that people talk about, the freedom and the victory in you is through continuing and abiding in you. Nothing else matters when it comes to abiding in you. Jesus, help us today. Strengthen us today. Strengthen our walks today. And Father, I pray for the school at large, for faculty, for staff, for students, for athletes, for coaches. God, for the music department. Father, I ask for a mighty move of you that people will come to know you in a deeper way through the enriching relationships that are placed here on this campus. People are here for a season and for a reason, but let them know your desires for them to continue on you. In Jesus' name I pray, and by faith I call it done. Amen.